Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about thoughts on leadership with the help of special guest Wayne Autumn of Autumn Enterprises in Kirkland, Washington. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host, Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey, everyone. Tim Fowler here. And welcome to what I'm going to say is another exciting episode of the Tim Fowler Show. So keep the ideas coming in. Uh, Give me feedback on the shows. Love to hear from you. Uh, We're working on our 200th episode. So um, keep the ideas coming because we want to keep this thing good for you and for us for a long, long time. So a few years back, I got on this little kick uh, about changing the name of the person or the title of the person who runs a production department from production manager to production team leader. Now, I have to say my stick-to-itiveness wasn't that great, and I've dropped it. But just recently, one of a new member of our production manager roundtables, we were talking, and he told me that his degree is in organizational leadership. So my brain just clicked, and I went, Oh, there it is again. Maybe we need to talk about this a bit more. So I'm back on the topic and I'm not going to try to change the industry because we can't even agree on what to call somebody who puts their tools on yet runs a job site. So I'm not going to try to change everything out there. But what I'd love to do is start the transition of a change about how we view the role of the person who runs the production department of a company. And so this same member who has the degree in organizational leadership said this, when I commented about how cool that degree was, this is what he said, managing is the old way, leadership is the new way. And I thought, what a great way to sort of characterize what I'm trying to get across. And so we're going to jump into that. Now, one of our consultants, uh, our guest today, specializes in company leadership development. And so I've asked him on the show to help us understand what leadership is and maybe help me start this shift from how do I manage people to how do I lead people? So, Steve, let's jump into it. All right. So, Wayne... H. Autumn is a consultant, author, and speaker dedicated to creating extraordinary businesses and leaders and is president and founder of Autumn Enterprises, LLC in Kirkland, Washington, and is also a senior consultant with Remodelers Advantage. Now in his 19th year, Wayne is especially proud of the work he has done to guide owners of remodeling companies to create a clear and compelling direction, purpose, and culture for their companies leading to faster, more effective decisions, improved performance, and ensuring the company works for them to achieve their business and life goals. Welcome to the show, Wayne. Thank you very much, Steve. Good to see you guys again. 
All right. So give us a little bit more about what you do professionally and maybe what's your connection to RA. I know it's, it's there in the introduction, but I'd like a little bit more if you would, please. Well, well, thanks. I, I like to think that I do three things. First of all, is I help business owners get really, really clear on where they want to take their business, help them understand what their direction, purpose, and authentic culture is. Then I help them operationalize that and put that into place. That's number two. I help them build the processes, the systems, the performance management necessary to actually execute on that mission, achieve that vision, and live their organizational culture. And the last thing I do is I train their leadership as the team to help execute and achieve that vision, execute on that mission, and live those values. So just a little quick question on that. If if you're helping their leadership is, is that primarily just the business owner or how do you actually determine who the leadership is in a company? Well, that's a really good question, Tim. And I'll answer that in two, two ways. One, my focus as a consultant is working with the business owner. They're my okay. client, if you will. Right. The, cl- the company then becomes my client and I work side by side with that owner And we begin to identify the leaders based on their current organizational structure and the vision of where they want to take the business and what the structure needs to be to support that. So sometimes those leaders are in development. Sometimes those leaders are already in their current roles. All right. So um, so I think the bio said 19 years. What is your experience with remodeling companies as a general rule? Because I know there's a lot of different kinds of companies out there. And so remodeling companies, what's your experience with them? Good question. And I've been in bit solo practice for 19 years, a consultant for over 30. And the last 15 years of that, I've been working with remodeling and construction companies. My experience is if you put a pen in any corner of the United States, you'll find that I've worked with a rem- high-end remodeling company, many of them Remodelers Advantage clients since, well, do the math, 15 years ago. All right, cool. All right, so let's just jump right into the topic. And I guess my first real question is, what's your basic definition of leadership? And the reason I was asking about, like you working with developing the leaders in a company, because I know, at least my belief, and you can correct me, but my belief is that there are people who have titles, but they're not leaders. And so I'm just kind of like, how do you define leadership? And is that different, like I said in the introduction, than managing? Those are really great great questions because what you really need is a definition of leadership that will allow you to define how you become it to measure whether or not you do it well. If you look at the dictionary, it just says people who lead. That's (laughs) the leader, and that doesn't help much. So there was a quote by Dwight Eisenhower that he said in a military context, which I paraphrase to be the best definition of leadership that I've heard, and that is 
Leadership is the art of getting someone else to do what you want done as if they want to do it. So if we, if we look at that and kind of parse that out, it's about getting something done through other people as if those people, it was their idea and they're emotionally driving towards that objective. So leadership then is defining what needs to be done. And this is a critical component we'll talk about in a bit, but it's also tapping into the natural motivations of people so that they naturally, normally achieve the success that we've defined as a leader using their skills and capabilities. And so the managing side of it might be more telling people what to do versus motivating them on to do it because they want to. Is that kind of the difference you see? It's a re- that's a really excellent question. And I say it this way, that you manage things and human resources is one of the things you manage. But leadership is 100% a people-centered activity. You manage things, you lead people. Yes, those in management roles, by definition, should be focused on leading the people they manage. But you can be a leader and not necessarily have a role of a manager because you're if you go back to that definition, if you can get other people to do what you want done as if they want to do it, you're a leader. Yeah. And I know uh, any number of companies that I've been associated with, you know, there's always like a, I guess people would call it a thought leader in the crew. And until you gain that person's confidence and trust, you lost everybody. Yeah. You know, and it and it doesn't matter what the boss says, if that thought leader has a different view of the world than the boss, uh, you know, the most of the crew is following after that uh, thought leader in terms of the, I've had that happen a couple of times where I, you know, I thought I did a great job presenting something and I get to the end and this thought leader tells me I'm an idiot. And I go like, oh man, that was a waste of everybody's time because it never really got everybody on board. So yes, those thought leaders for good or ill. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just kind of talk a little bit about a company as a whole. And so how does leadership show up in the owner's role, the owner of the company? How do, I mean, what are some of the things that you see that would be like a, a, uh, a good picture of leadership in an ownership role? And then we'll talk a little bit about that mid-level production manager role, and then maybe a more of that on-site type role. What are, what are some uh, pictures that you could show us uh, verbally that would say that's a, that's a leader. So if we look at the owner role, assuming that we have an organization where the owner likely does not necessarily play a role as a participant in one of the major functions as the production manager, as the sales manager, those kinds of things. And they're simply an owner then they are literally the definition of a leader because they're not getting anything done. They're getting everything done through somebody else. Right. So therefore their focus needs to be on setting objectives within the organization 
in ensuring that they've defined what done is so others can act to perform and get those things done in a way that works for the company. So they're then focusing on the real critical functions of setting that vision, developing that mission, developing a culture based on a set of values. They're focused on not operations, but setting a culture that will operate to achieve what they want. Is it hard for someone like in an ownership role to be a leader and, for example, sell because that's that's the doing? Does it is it difficult to really perform that leadership role if you have to do the do as well? Well, it, it does take away from that time focusing on leaders, but it all comes down to how well the positions by role with clear accountability are defined. I always talk about with owners, you, you, you're putting different hats on. Right. So you're in your sales hat, you're in your leader hat, you're in your coach hat. You have all of those hats. If you can ensure that while you're selling, you have the sales hat on, you can focus on that, perform to the standards that are necessary there, and then leave that for a period of time and go over and perform in your owner role. But it all comes down to how well those roles are defined so that you can separate yourselves. Okay, cool. All right. So more in my world is this uh, <laughs> the production side of it. So I'm thinking about, like I said in the introduction, I've been dreaming about this idea that the production manager is really the production team leader. Yep. And what, what again, what kind of pictures do you see of, of this person, sort of mid-level management? They don't own the company, but they have a lot of responsibility. What, what indicates that they're leading their team? Or what are some of those pictures that would say this is an effective leader? I think in that role as production manager, you are leading the lead carpenters or, or whether you have a project manager system, et cetera, into defining the clear measurements of success on each of their projects. As we know, the production manager is the, has overall accountability for the on-time, on-budget production of all the projects that are right. ongoing and creating extraordinary customer satisfaction. <laughs> right. They then are in charge of leading those who are actually doing the production to achieve those objectives. So they're managing the schedules, managing the budgets, et cetera. So they are a classic example of manager leader where they have all these things that they have to manage. They have all this data they need to look at, whip reports and those kinds of things to make sure that all these things are happening effectively on all of these various projects. Plus they need to guide the development of project managers and lead carpenters. They need to ensure that their carpenters are being developed from worker on up to lead carpenter. They need to ensure people are growing and developing, et cetera, within the team. They need to hire right, et cetera. So they're a classic 
leader, manager, manager, leader. They need to be able to live in both worlds because they have to focus on data and information, manage resources, manage budgets, understand the mechanics and the process, but they don't do anything. <laughs> I know they they're going to resent everything. They're, they're going to resent. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Wayne. We do a lot. <laughs> 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week. What are you saying? Yeah, they not I didn't anything. say they didn't work a lot. I said oh. that they don't produce. They're not most production managers today. They're not bags on, right? They're not out there pounding nails, right? They're leading the people who are doing those things, who are producing the results. And so they got to focus on creating clear picture of success in each of those cases so that others can do that effectively. Okay. So let's go uh, to the job site itself and what I would call a lead carpenter that has uh, some people working for him, whether it's trade contractors or other carpenters. So how does that, I'm assuming that is a similar kind of thing, but maybe on a more granular level. In other words, that's exactly right. The goals are not you know, the whole job, but it might be daily, weekly, monthly type goals or something. Give us some comments on that. You've kind of hit on it. What I like to teach is, and you and I have talked about this before, so we understand this, is is a two-week rolling plan where you're looking two weeks ahead and you know what you need to achieve in two weeks. So you're working today to make sure that the dominoes fall in a way that you can hit that two-week objective, but you're still leading as long as you're, if you're the only carpenter out there and you're the lead carpenter, that's one thing, but you're leading tradespeople, you're leading other staff, you're communicating what needs to be done, when it needs to be done, what it means to do it well, etc. And you're oftentimes doing a lot of training and development as a lead carpenter, or at least you should, right? Because you're developing the, the team that's going to execute. So you're doing management, you're managing the schedule, you're managing the budget, you're managing the resources, but you're also leading. And the critical thing for that on-site manager leader is defining what done is. What does it mean to get done today? What does it mean to get done in this particular function? And if you can clearly define done and the performance metrics of what that means, you can allow others to use their craftsmanship, shift, ship, <laughs> easy for me to say, my craft, their craftsmanship to achieve it. Yeah, I'm just thinking that this whole discussion of you know, zero punch list is a perfect example of that. It's like, what does done, what does zero punch really mean? And if the lead, if the lead carpenter has a clear knowledge of that, then they can inspire other people to actually hit that. Yeah. But if, but if that is unclear as to what that means, then it's very, very hard to actually. Well, you know, one of the problems in, the production phase is when things are kind of left undone at the end of the day and the homeowner comes in and goes, what the heck's that? Yeah. So yeah. 
I talk about zero visible defects is, is that you understand at the end of the day, you don't create a picture for the homeowner to see something wrong. You create a picture that says, hey, look, it's going along. And so you understand what that means. You understand what that performance is, et cetera. Yep. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, You've likely heard me refer to our roundtables program for production managers. In fact, many of the people that have been on the show are members of that and often are our most popular guests. If you're not familiar with it, several years back, we took the roundtables concept that's been so popular with Remodelers Advantage members and started groups specifically for production managers. Very similar format to what the owners are doing, but focused on production issues and really diving into best practices among some of the best remodeling companies out there. We meet twice a year for two days, collect and discuss performance metrics for each company, and we support each other throughout the year with microboards, smaller groups of your peers who meet monthly via Zoom or by phone to discuss issues and ask for input. So whether you're a business owner looking to involve your production manager or a production manager that needs help taking your department to the next level, we have a spot for you if you're interested. If you are interested in learning more, go ahead and email me at tim at remodelersadvantage.com and I'll tell you all about it. So I have a basic belief that people don't change much, okay? Now, I may be totally wrong on this, but it just feels like, and it may be because people don't try. It may be because people don't care if they change. They just like, hey, I, here's the words, right? It is what it is, or I am what I am, or, you know, what do you expect from me? I'm just a this. But can somebody, and I guess my other view is sometimes, like talk about Dwight Eisenhower, it's like, was he born a leader? I mean, was he just like, And that's how he got to be where he was because he was just naturally a leader. So that's one question. Are some people just naturally leaders? And then the second part of that is if someone's not a natural leader, can they develop leadership skills that will give them at least 50% of what they need to really lead other people. Okay. You're laughing at me. So I'm laughing because this is so, so typical. Okay? Yeah. You, you, you've brought up so many things and I would try to laundry list, tick a couple of those, those things off is yes, people don't change unless they want to, they have to want to change. Intention to change is the first requirement to create change. When you have intention, you can change. So it's about negative thoughts, attitudes, and beliefs that that limit us to be able to change. So if one wants to become a great leader, they can. There are traits in our society that people tend to think are leadership traits. They gravitate towards those things. And there are personalities that people are attracted to and will follow. That's different than being natural born leaders. Okay. Make that difference, right? All right. It is natural traits that society says are leaders. 
And there are people who we gravitate to, who we think or we follow so they could be natural leaders. But it's a fallacy to say that there are natural born leaders. And it's a fallacy to say that people can't learn to be leaders. In fact, my entire program that I take people through is that if you can focus on your unique gifts, who you are uniquely, be authentic. I can teach you nine components of extraordinary leadership. If you begin to master those nine components, you can be an extraordinary leader. And they start with understanding what done is. It's that definition, right? This is the biggest mistake most leaders make is that they think it's about being charismatic or all of those kinds of things. When if leadership is the art of getting something done through other people, the first job of a leader is to define what done is. But we often skip over that. Ready, go, set. We need to take a little bit of time to clearly define success in this particular leadership situation and be able to define clearly then what the path is to that. But we have to define what done is. So how does somebody get started? If, if, If I wanted to become a better leader or become a leader, Mm-hmm. Where, what would be my first couple of steps? Now, I think we're going to get to your leadership checklist in a second here. So I don't know if that kind of uh, piggybacks that, that, on the that. same thing. Okay, and, well, let's, let's just jump start, right into that then. Yes. So, so, so the first place to start is understand that every situ- situation as a leader, you have three components. There's you, the leader, there's a group of followers or people you're trying to get something done through, and there's the situation that you're in. So first and foremost is making sure that you analyze the situation. Stephen Covey, Covey said, if you're going to climb the ladder of success, make sure it's leaning against the right wall. <laughs> okay. So the first job of the leader is to analyze the situation. They need to know what the problem is, then define a solution for that problem. Now, that may be the first job leading is, hey, team, let's figure out what the, what the solution is here. But it starts with those two things. It make, making sure we know what lat, what wall we want this ladder leaned against, and then what does it mean to look over the top and see success? The likelihood of success goes up significantly when you've defined it. Yeah. Right? This reminds me of uh, the, the concept in lean, and I know <laughs> we've talked about this, where you have the current state, like where are we right now? Right. And then there's that future state, and yes. it's kind of like, a lot of people don't have that future state in mind, but they heard they ought to do this. And so they do it, but they right. don't know if they're getting there or not. And so yeah, I, I talk about being the, the pinball in somebody else's life. Oh, that looks good. I, I'll go over there. Or yeah. that looks good. I head over yeah. there rather yeah. than having a true destination. Right. And you might have to, if you know, the, the sailing analogy is you might have to tack back and forth. Right. You know, you're still heading to, towards that destination. Yeah. So, uh, Wayne, when I was uh, high school, I played high school sports, played two separate sports. 
one coach I had was wildly kind of just the word wild, you know, in your face, kind of motivational, blah, blah, blah. Then I had another coach that was very calm, direct. And the one that was calm and direct, you'd run through a wall for the one that was in your face and kind of blah, blah, blah. Eh, we'll, we'll go play the game, you know, figure out what happens. <laughs> it was, you know, I think that people think there's this, there's a misnomer or misconception of this charismatic, like you said, leader, but really it came down to that direct, you know, what's it take to win the game? You know, here's what it takes. So where do you think that people get it wrong the most? Like, is there an overcompensation on that rah-rah motivate and then they miss out on the details? Well, you kind of lead me into the the next section of the, the the checklist, Steve, because there's no one right way to lead. Okay. Yeah. There's the right way the followers need it. And that's the second part of my checklist is that everybody brings a set of unique gifts that define their capabilities, their ability, and including in that is their natural way of being motivated. So therefore, I can't just motivate in one way. I have to motivate as a leader in the way my followers need it. Do I need to feel like I'm achieving it's achiever motivation. Do I feel part of the team and have the why? Or do I need to feel a little bit in control of the process or the outcome? And I need to be able to tap into the, to the unique motivations of everyone on my team because no one way will work. Rah-rah might work for a part of the group, you know, being a hands-off, okay, you guys are in charge, leader might work for others. So the idea is to know your team and to know what they uniquely need so that you can tap into their unique motivations where people can see themselves in the solution because they're bringing their unique gifts to the, to the fore. So maybe we can explore this again another time. There's so much here. This is one of those topics where you kind of, start digging and you just realize that you're got to dig really deep to, to really get to it. But where do we get this checklist how, or, or is it something that we can't understand unless you explain it to us? No, you, <laughs> you can actually get the checklist in my book. Okay. Strength, Mastering the nine components of extraordinary leadership. You can find that on, on Amazon. You just search my name, Wayne Autumn, O-T-T-U-M. It'll come up. Okay, cool. So any other good resource material that you would recommend other than your book uh, to kind of get somebody thinking about their leadership and their abilities to, uh, uh, to be a better leader? Well, it's a, that's a really good question. And so there's, there, there's two that I'm going to speak about. One is uh, the Gallup organization has an assessment that's called the Clifton Strengths Assessment which will allow you and get the, get the leadership or the manager version. Uh, it's about 40 bucks to, to, to take that. It gives you some tools there. I use that in, in my practice with all my owners and leaders to help them identify what their unique gifts are. And I actually help apply this across an organization so everyone knows what their unique gifts, gifts are. So I would start there because now 
you have an understanding of what you uniquely bring to the table so you can be authentic in your in your leadership. The second that that I'll talk about is a concept and you can just google this situational leadership. Ken Blanchard uh, popularized this, but it's a four basic four quadrant model that talks about how you lead differently based upon the essentially the competence versus the commitment of the individual. So on one axis, you have commitment, the other axis, you, you have competence. And depending upon where they are in that four quadrant model that would result, you coach them differently. So that allows you to, again, focus on do, being a leader focused on the followers, not necessarily on yourself. Yeah, so I love the, the Gallup uh, organizational information. The first break, all the rules was the first, my first exposure to them. Yep. And then a number of other books came out of that. So I highly recommend that. It's a great way to look at, uh, at your strengths. So well, it, it is the basis of my practice. Uh, it's lead from strength for a reason. Right. I actually took that test for the first time when I started my practice 19 years ago. And it was an epiphany moment for me then. And I have taught and achieved epiphany moments for many of my business owners and leaders since then. All right. Well, we got to wrap this up. We're, we're, we're getting a little bit short on, on the time that we typically take for these, uh, for these podcasts, but just tell everybody how we could get in touch with you. If uh, we wanted to just explore this a little bit more with you. Very simple. One of two email addresses, Wayne at remodelersadvantage.com or Wayne at autumnenterprises.com. That's O-T-T-U-M enterprises.com. You can call me at 206-351-4656. That's 206-351-4656. And you can get my, my books on Amazon. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Wayne. I know uh, you, like many folks, have a busy schedule and taking a little bit of time out just to share some of these nuggets and uh, I'm looking forward to digging a little deeper because I, you know, it's hard for me to just grab everything at that one little moment. You know, I think I have to think about it some more. So uh, really appreciate you coming out and doing this for us. Uh, and I hope, uh, hope everybody gets a lot from it. Well, I hope so too, Tim. Thank you very much for having me, Steve. Great to see you again. Yeah. All right. Oh, thanks Wayne. Too. Take care. Take care. So, Tim, as we wrap up here, you are around a lot of companies, a lot of managers, leaders, owners. Uh, what, what stood out especially for you today? Well, there's just a couple of things. One is I, I'm really glad he said some of the things that I think because it just validates some things I've been trying to get people to do. Things like you got to pay attention to other people's motivation and that, you know, you can't you can't really effectively lead unless you know the people that you're you're working with. It's not just the same every with every person. And I love, I love that point. Uh, like I suggested during the body of the podcast, I really uh, love what the Gallup organization did with these personality traits or these traits. And they did a great job of kind of organizing them and helping you understand them. And I think it's a great way to learn uh, more about yourself. And then I think his definition, I, I've heard this definition somewhere. 
I think several people have kind of adapted it, but the idea of getting things done through other people and then sort of that other tangent to it where it's like they feel like it was their idea or they feel like it was like, like they wanted to get it done. It isn't like a burden for them. Yeah, they're having yeah. fun. They're enjoying it. And that, you, that you've really, you know, you've really led them someplace. Yeah. Being empowered. Um, yeah. This was a incredible episode. And I think one thing just to kind of finalize with is that, you know, we always think it's this born leader thing, but you know, he, <laughs> he outlined the, nine treats, nine steps, and, um, you know, go ahead and get Wayne's book. I think it's helpful for anybody in the position to, uh, to lead and, you know, really the only, inspire. The only bad thing results. about all this is now I know where I fail. <laughs> Five out of nine. Now I can look back and go like, oh, that's what I did wrong. Oh my goodness. So maybe in the future I can do better. Good. <laughs> All right, great. Well, we want to thank Wayne again for joining us today. And we always want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. And remember, at the Tim Fowler Show, we're working really hard to avoid it is what it is and to get that out of your nasty vocabulary. This has been another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.